0: Hello there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast, where we share practical therapy tips and ideas for busy speech-language pathologists. Grab your favorite beverage and sit back as we dive into this week's episode. Hello there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about all things parallel stories. Um, and if you haven't heard of Parallel Stories before, this is always the last thing that I do in my literacy-based therapy units for a number of reasons. Um, it really allows students to integrate skills and um, just really apply what we've learned throughout the entire unit. Um, if you're not familiar with literacy-based therapy and how to make that work, all that good stuff, Um, I'd highly recommend going back to episode four, um, which talks about the five-step approach. It breaks it down and makes it super easy to approach. Um, So definitely just pause this and head back to episode four if you're not as familiar with the literacy-based therapy framework, Um, but a lot of people... Who listened to that episode or who are in the SLP Now membership or who follow me on social media have asked for more information about those parallel stories. Um, So that's what we're doing today. I'll just tell you a little bit more about what they are and how um, what the benefits are, and then we'll dive into some practical examples to implement this with your caseload. So I'm going to be sharing some different ideas on what we can do with a couple of different picture books, a couple of different fiction articles, and then I'll just give some different ideas for nonfiction articles as well. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what else comes up, but that's the plan. So a parallel story, just backing up to step one, is when we read a story, for example, we read The Mitten. Um, and we went through the whole literacy-based therapy framework. We did our pre-story knowledge activation. We have a lot of great background knowledge. Um, We read the story. We did comprehension activities. We worked on all of our vocabulary and grammar and um, just all the different goals that we have, and then it's time to get some embedded practice and to really put those skills to the test. Like we always try to embed the skills throughout the skill practice and make it as relevant as possible. Um, But the parallel story is the opportunity to take it to the next level. And so what we do is we take the storyline and I typically do through in step three or four, of a literacy-based therapy unit, I have students fill in either a story grammar organizer, if it is a picture book or a fiction text, um, or a summarizing sheet. Um, I just make these little interactive activities for my nonfiction articles. So we do that if we are working on those narratives or... We, we do that throughout the unit for the story that we read. Um, and that really helps with comprehension. It's an opportunity to embed our language skills in the retell. Um, but by creating a parallel story, it's just another opportunity to practice these skills in an embedded way and in, in, in a very meaningful way because the story ends up being very meaningful to the student they take ownership of it um so like for example if we read snowmen at night it's a story about what snowmen do at night or it's what and this boy imagines that snowmen do at night um, and then we can like one of my groups ended up making a story about what cacti do at night um, and so that is a way to take the storyline. We'll take that story grammar organizer. We'll look at what it worked, how it worked for snowmen at night. Then we'll take another copy and we'll start filling it in. Um, and we will kind of look at Snowman at night for inspiration, but we might change the characters or we might change the problem or whatever draws a student's attention, that's what we'll do. And they get to take creative license here and work to create their own story. And there's a couple different ways that I like to put these together. Um, So a lot of my students will, um, I love like a good old fashioned book. Um, So we'll just take some printer paper um, and depending on how big we have to write Um, I'll either just get a stack of paper and put two colored pieces of paper on the front and the back and staple those together, and then we have a book. Or I'll fold the paper in half and then create just a smaller book. Um, So that's what we do if we are um, like handwriting and hand-illustrating the story. Um, And I I worked in a clinic for a while, and I love doing this in the clinic because those were One on one sessions, and that worked really well. This can work if you have students who can write independently, um, or if your students don't mind sharing one book. Um, But it just gets, I find that it gets a little bit trickier when we have more students in a group. Um, And I've definitely been able to make it work, but if I have a mixed group or multiple students in a group, I really like to um, project what I'm working on um, or at least use like a screen that we can all look at Um, so I my favorite thing to use is my laptop when we're doing these um, because then I do have the option to project or we can just look at the same screen um, and work on it together and I love using PowerPoint because I can type really fast (laughs) so the students can come up with like we'll fill in the graphic organizer. And then we'll start creating some sentences around what we put in the graphic organizer. So it's like an expanded version of the retell. Um, and then I'll just type up whatever we come up with in the session. Um, we might pull in, depending on time, we might pull in some Google images too so the students don't have to illustrate. Um, and then we just, pr- I just print off multiple copies so each student has one. Um, and then they all, it just saves a little bit of time. We get to focus on the actual therapeutic elements and not as many of the just elements that take a lot of time. Um, and then I might include, like, if I really want to have students work, like, if it makes sense with the students' goals, I might have them spend some time illustrating the stories and um, taking time in those steps. But if it doesn't make sense, then that's the route that I like to go because I like to be efficient and get things done. Um, but then the students love like seeing their finalized books, pulling them off. like, And I usually just will print them and um, staple them, which I call binding, which is uh, super easy binding. Um, and then they just get to, they're so excited to see the final product and the thing that we've worked on for so long. And then all of the students get to practice telling their story um, or telling the retell. And it's a great opportunity because each student gets to practice producing um, the parallel story and use their different grammar and vocabulary targets and all of that. Um, But then they get to hear other students tell the story as well. Um, And then they have this beautiful book that they get to take home and share with their parents, um, or share with their friends, or their classmates, or their siblings. um, And then we just get additional practice uh, with all of those targets. So it ends up being a really fun activity. Um, Yeah, so that's like the traditional, like my go-to option. That's what I typically do, especially, well, definitely if we're using... A picture book or a fiction article, um, and especially for younger students, that's one of my favorite things to do. For older students, sometimes we have to up the ante a little bit and change things up, um, and then we'll talk about lots of different things when it comes to the nonfiction text. But if we're looking at picture books and fiction articles, um, I so, the, like I said, that the PowerPoint option printed off multiple copies for each student, that's my favorite. Um, some other things that we can do instead of that printed book or as an alternative or as an additional opportunity to practice, um, I always mention this app, but I love ChatterPix. So um, if we were telling the story of cacti at night, we might take a picture of a cactus, draw a little mouth on the cactus, cactus using the ChatterPix app and then record the retell of the parallel story. So it's just a fun way the students get to practice producing their narrative and they get to listen or hear it back um, and have it be told from the perspective of the cactus. And you can even like you can pick whatever character you want. So there's some good opportunities for um, perspective taking, and we can get so incredibly creative, so many opportunities. Um, so yeah, that's one thing that's very fun. Students love it. Uh, there's also another app called Toontastic, which allows us to create animations. Um, so this doesn't always work when we're doing, because I, and I'll use chatter picks if we're just retelling the story too. We'll take a picture. Um, of a character in the story and tell the story that way. Um, But Toontastic is amazing, but it doesn't always work because the settings aren't always a match. But if we're telling a parallel story, we can choose whichever setting we want. Um, So Toontastic is really great for that. And these are both iPad apps. I'm not sure if they are available on other platforms, um, but that's one that is very fun. Um, And then just a simple activity that students really enjoy. Like, I feel like all students, or so many of my students, uh, say that they want to become YouTubers. I guess that's the thing these days. And so just being able to record videos of the students um, is really fun. Like, they can practice retelling their story. Um, And it's probably a good idea to get parent permission, but we can just... Like we sometimes just record the video and then just delete it right at right as the students are leaving. But I just want them to be able to see themselves producing uh, their narrative and get to hear it back. And they're just really excited to be able to see that. And we can even create different animations like we can grab just some different props or even print out different pictures um, and create like our own <laughs> low key animation using printed pieces or whatever toys we have in the speech room to retell a story just using whatever props we have. Um, So you don't need anything super fancy. Like if you've got a phone or anything that has the ability to record video, there are so many different options and it's super fun. Um, So yeah, hopefully that gives you a good overview, lots of different ideas on things that you can do for fiction texts. Um, And I, before we dive into nonfiction, I wanted to, and so with nonfiction, it's not technically a parallel story, but um, I find that the principle works really well, um, even using that concept. And we're just working on summarizing instead of retelling, um, but it's still a very relevant skill and a lot of the same types of things work when we're, when we're working on summarizing versus uh, retelling, like we're still embedding the concepts. We're still being communicators, all of that good stuff. Um, So, but before we do that, I wanted to dive into a couple different examples of what this looks like for a couple different um, texts. So we will start, because I just pulled out my cheat sheets for the different units so I create them for every month of the year like every month has a book um, a picture book a fiction article and a nonfiction text that we focus on Um, and so you're getting a sneak peek of the um, books and fiction articles that are going to be coming out for the next couple months inside the SLP Now membership Um, but you can you don't need the membership to make this happen Um, But that's just where I'm getting the inspiration from and just from what I've done with previous students as well. So um, the first thing or the first book that we'll dive into is The Mitten. Um, This is about this is a story about a boy who asks for a white for white mittens from his grandmother. She knits them and then um, she's hesitant to make them, though, because they're white and they get lost in the snow. Um, And then the boy ends up going out to play. He loses one of the mittens. A bunch of stuff happens to the mitten while it's out in the forest. Um, And then you'll just have to read the story to see what happens to the boy at the end of the story. Uh, So that's um, just a recap of that story. So there are unlimited options that we could... Like this, your students will surprise you. They'll have so many different ideas on parallel stories based on their experiences. And you'll like you'll do the pre-story knowledge activation. You'll be able to some of those experiences will start to come up, um, and you'll be able to pull from those as you're working on the parallel story. Like it's a nice way to like wrap everything up because you're pulling all of the elements from. The entire unit, even the pre-story, it's just, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, but so for the mitten, you could, like the students could tell, like everyone has lost something at some point. So they could tell a story about something they lost. They could tell a story about something. Um, a gift that they got from their grandmother or from their grandfather or just any gift that they got. They could tell a story about the last time they were in the snow, the last time they were in the forest. Like as long as it follows the storyline and it has those story grammar elements, like anything is fair game. And um, sometimes we might want to steer the direction. Like if we really want to have like a repetitive element with animals like the mitten does, we might want to steer students in that direction. And you can choose, you can like steer the ship in the way that you want to get certain whatever grammar targets or not grammar necessarily, but whatever targets you want to elicit, that's what you can, you can steer it that way. So if we really want to focus on animal vocabulary, I'll encourage the students to come up with a story about animals. So we can tell Um, a story about a boy who wants a sand-colored hat, and he lives in the desert, and he loses his hat, and all of the animals crawl into his hat. So that's an example that really closely follows the storyline, but it's in a different setting. Or if you want to work work on seasons, this story happens in the winter, you can tell a story about the spring or the summer, and like what that would look like in the forest or... Like, what would the boy want in the summertime? What would he be wearing in the summertime? Um, so, there's lots and lots of options. They're, they are absolutely endless. And if you use the Story Grammar Organizer, I have one in the SLP Now membership, but there are, I'll link to some, but there are tons of research articles that outline these different elements. They give you different ideas for icons to use. Like, there are so many options. Um, I just, Kind of pull together what made sense for me um, but that is um, like if you have that you can't go wrong and you just ask the students who is that who is the parallel story about like who where did the parallel story happen what was the problem and you just work through that and if you have their original graphic organizer to reference the students will use that for inspiration Um, and it just, it works out beautifully, and it's so incredibly interesting to see what the students come up with. Um, So that's what we, those are some ideas for the mitten. That's what I have planned for January. Um, As for some ideas for February, um, The Day It Rained Hearts is the book that um, I have planned for the February unit, and The Day It Rained Hearts is a story about um, a girl who catches hearts on a rainy day, um, and it's close to Valentine's Day, and she needs to figure out what her what to get her friends, so she uses the hearts to create valentines for her friends. So again, tons and tons of story options here. Um, maybe you can create a similar story, like it's... Um, it's Halloween and it's raining pumpkins or um, leaves are falling or pff, it's raining of, I don't know what it can rain, all of those sorts of things. It's raining paper and it's Christmas time. Like what What can she make out of paper for Christmas presents? Um, so you can follow that main storyline. You can talk about, you can tell a story about Valentine's Day, maybe what they're doing for their Valentines or um, they had to go to the store with their mom and they couldn't find Valentines because they waited too long or they forgot their Valentines or there's so many things that can come up. And again, just really thinking back, like what came up during the pre-story knowledge activation? What did the students share and how can we integrate that experience and put it together? And it can go like maybe, all of the students love dinosaurs, or they love a certain TV show, or it's a group of girls and they are they're really interested in Zac Efron. Or you can make it fun and engaging. They can choose the character, they can pick whichever celebrities or movie characters or whatever they want. And the nice thing is if you use Google Images, you can easily grab those um, and create the most engaging parallel story in the world. So those are just some ideas for February. Um, And then March, we've got um, another story. My cards are out of order here. So um, for March, we have Spring is Here, um, and it's a bear and mole story. So this is a story about a mole who wakes up and realizes that it's spring because bears and moles hibernate and he's I don't know how this works out but he lives with a bear um and bear is still sleeping um and and the mole really wants to wake up the bear but he just he won't wake up um so then he comes up with a creative way to wake up his sleepy friend so lots and lots of options here um again think Use the pre story knowledge questions to kind of guide the decision making. You can choose, and it really depends on what you want to focus on. Do you want to focus on different times of year? Do you want to talk about different seasons? Like maybe it's about to be winter and they have to get ready to hibernate. What's happening then? Um, Or did they ever have a hard time waking anyone up? What did they do to wake up? Like if they were going to be late for school and they had to wake up their brother. Or they couldn't, like their mom couldn't wake them up. Or uh, maybe there's different animals. Um, Maybe we talk about, I don't know, just different characters, different setting, different time of year. Well, place, time of year. Um, maybe we reverse the roles, maybe the mole won't wake up, like what would the bear do to wake up the mole? Um, Or what would happen if the bear didn't wake up? And just all sorts of different things. Um, Lots and lots of options. So hopefully those types of questions and ideas help you, because I know a lot of you were just looking for a little bit of inspiration on what could happen with the parallel stories. So hopefully those three give you some different ideas. Like I have all the sheets through May, um, but I think you get the idea. Like I think you have some good ideas on how to put this together for a parallel story. And I want to give some examples for fiction articles too. Um, I love using picture books for like my preschool, early elementary students. Um, But as they get a little bit older, it's just not quite as age appropriate appropriate. Um, And the teachers are switching to more text-based materials, so it makes sense that we make that switch too. And then our students just, like a fifth grader is not going to be, um, he won't appreciate a picture book quite as much. Um, And we want to give materials that are age-appropriate. So as students start to, um, as they get older, I like to move towards those fiction articles um, because they still have, like, the syntax is usually pretty doable. Um, They've got, like, a nice variety of vocabulary. It's like a little bit of a step up from several picture books, which is nice. Like, it's a little bit more challenging in terms of reading level. Um, And you can find articles that are um, at the same reading level as the picture books too. Um, so, but we just have more options and um, it's easier to find things that are educationally relevant. I can, like I like I said, I love using readworks.org and I can just kind of match up with what they're talking about in the classroom um, and that makes it really easy to put together. So that's what I like to do. Um, and I use those fiction articles Um, until the students have a firm grasp of story grammar and um, all of the things that that entails um, because story grammar is important for them to be able to tell their own narratives and um, story retell and just in the expression components but it's also incredibly powerful like there we won't dive into all of it today but there's some really cool research out there about how teaching story grammar elements helps improve comprehension. Like they did a study with older students. Um, and it just like it helped. I think it gives students kind of like a framework. And it even helped improve comprehension of like a classroom lecture, which is so incredibly interesting to me. Um so yeah, if you're interested in that, definitely check out our other narrative presentations. But I just am, I think there's so much utility in targeting narratives and therapy, and I want to stick with that as long as possible. And um, it's not something that they're being introduced to in the classroom quite, at least not in the way that we're teaching it. Um, so I think it's incredibly powerful. To stick with it, even if the students are older. Um, now, if they have a really firm grasp of story grammar that can tell nice narratives um, and all of that, it makes sense to move to a nonfiction text, which we'll touch on towards the end of this presentation. Um, and I like nonfiction text because the syntax gets a little more challenging, and so that's more in line with the rigor of what they'll be seeing in the classroom. Um, and then it also is helpful because they're learning to, or they're reading to learn at this point, and they're having to extract a lot of information out of their textbooks and all of that. And so by reading nonfiction texts and summarizing them, it's just a really helpful study tool. Um, and if they've already got the narrative skills down, like they've got a solid foundation. Then it makes a lot of sense to continue on that. But um, I would not be opposed to using a fiction article with secondary students, even later secondary, um, if that's what they need. So fiction articles can work for a wide range of students, um, and it's just really based on their needs. There's not a specific grade assigned to that. So the first article um, fiction art or fiction text that I have planned. It, for January, is called Snow Day Fever. Um, and so this is a fiction article about a boy who has a fever on a snow day. He really wants to play outside, um, and he tricks his mom so that she'll let him play in the snow. Um, so again, it follows the same kind of thing. So I fill out that graphic organizer, um, or my students and I fill out that graphic organizer, to map out the story grammar elements in this particular article or this particular story. And then based on the pre-story knowledge activation discussion, based on their additional experiences, whatever came up during the story, we can, the students can then create a story. Maybe about the last time they were sick, the last time they had a snow day, the last time they tried to trick their mom. Um, there's lots of fun ones that can come out of that. Um, so yeah, that's, there's tons and tons of options. Um, and maybe like, again, changing any of the elements, change the character or the setting or the problem, or, um, like maybe there's a kid who's afraid of the snow and he really doesn't want to go out, but his brothers keep teasing him or whatnot. Like there's so many different options and we just kind of let the students guide that discussion and, Um, or like steer the ship and we just guide. So then for February, the next thing is how to say I ref you. Um, and this is also going, this is for February. So it's with the Valentine's theme. Um, but there's a boy who didn't get any Valentine's at school. Um, but someone in his family is very sweet and ended up taking care of him. um, And so it's a really sweet story about uh, Valentine's Day. So um, the students, especially the older students, they will have lots of stories and emotions around Valentine's Day. So we can talk about like maybe they didn't get any Valentine's or maybe like sometimes they send out cards for different occasions at school. Um, So maybe they had an experience like they didn't get something that everyone else did or maybe they can talk about, like, figuring out the perfect Valentine for someone they like or for a special friend or whatever it may be. But there's, again, lots of options for that as well. Um, and then just thinking again about how like can we change the characters, the setting, same thing. So nothing super unique here. Um, and then the third article that I have planned, this one is for March and it's called The Hiking Trip. And um, this is a fiction article about um, a hiking trip that a boy goes on with his dad. This is the March one. So it's almost spring um, and they couldn't go all winter because it was snowing. And so now that spring had arrived, um, they were able to go on a hike. But. Um, <laughs> They had – his dad was hesitant to go, and it was an experience. So um, this is a story that involves, like, waiting for things. So it could be, like, maybe they're waiting all fall. Like, they're just waiting for the snow. They're waiting for winter so they could go snowboarding. Maybe they tell a story about that. Maybe they tell a story about a time that they got lost, which happens in this story. Um, Or maybe – They tell about a time that they really wanted to do something and their parents wouldn't let them or they had to wait for something. Like there's so many things, like the students will bring so many experiences to the table. Um, You'll have, like if anything, you'll have a hard time just picking something because they're all such fun, good, unique ideas. Um, And so it's just a matter of navigating that um, because not everyone will get to have their top pick every time. And you can kind of take turns in being the storyteller. Like you can create, if you're using the PowerPoint example, you can create multiple parallel stories um, and just have additional opportunities to practice. And that will extend the unit out a little bit longer, but it gives the students more opportunities to really implement those. Like they'll get exposure to different vocabulary because you'll be changing up things in the story And then they'll get to use their, um, yeah, their vocabulary, their grammar, like all of the different skills. They'll be able to embed that into their retell of the story in a really meaningful way. So I love being able to put those together. And it just really helps solidify all of those different skills. And it is super fun. Okay, so then for um, the nonfiction articles... We have a lot of different options here as well. Um, so I love the new ca- newscast format. Uh, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the students want to be YouTubers. So creating a video is really exciting to them. Um, and then I'll still use chatter picks for these kids too. Um, one example that I always give, um, it's an article about a futurologist who... Um, talks about his, like, opinions about traffic, like, what he thinks traffic will look like in the future, and um, I love having students, uh, like, we take a picture of, like, an whatever we think the, um, that scientist looks like or the futurologist looks like, and then we have him share his opinion, um, and then we can take pictures of different characters, like, we can have a picture of a teenager or um a mom or whatever and we can have them share their opinions too so there's some opportunities to get a little bit creative here um and not just summarizing the story but then sharing opinions working on fact versus opinion because that is like I remember even in my essays as a um high school college student like they would have me highlight or like it was an activity that we that came up multiple times where in class we were working on highlighting things that were facts and things that were opinions. And that's something that a lot of our students struggle with, and they're not going to be able to, or they will really struggle with a persuasive essay if they struggle to, with like perspective taking and identifying the facts and identifying the opinions and finding out how to weave them together. Um, So these types of activities are incredibly relevant um, especially if we're selecting articles that relate to what they're discussing in the classroom like it can just really make that experience that much easier Um, so yeah that's what we've got Um, and if you tune in to the live course um, I will walk through some examples of stories that we put together like I can share and these are because I wasn't able to share the student work. So there are examples that I created, but I can, I'll show you like the different examples of the, the written book, the PowerPoint book, the um, Chatterpix story, and the Toontastic. Um, and I'll just put together a bunch of different like finalized products. Um, hopefully you have enough If you're not joining the live course, hopefully you have enough to go off of and have some ideas and inspiration on how to put this together. Um, But, yeah, I'm excited to share that little extra bonus if you are joining us for the live speech therapy PD course. So you can find all of the info for this episode, all the links and um, citations that I mentioned at slpnow.com slash 36. And then if you're here live, stay tuned for those little videos as promised, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the SLP Now podcast. This podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through speech therapy PD. So yes, you can earn ASHA CEUs for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your SLP friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes sent directly to you. See you next time.